Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop podcast. I am your host, Coach Mabels, a.k.a. Jay Mabes, here for the third consecutive week with the bro, Jordan Latz of Taproom Sports. He's been holding it down, uh, helping me put out this fire in the last few episodes. Jordan, what is up, man? I got to ask about this attire. I see the Dodgers hat. What hockey team is that? Is that the Kings? It's a Kings jersey. Okay, you all LA'd out today. That's what's up. Um, What's going on, my guy? Oh man, I'm just long weekend. You know, weddings are crazy. <laughs> uh, but we're back. We're back in Vegas. Back, back to business. Back to uh, crunching numbers. So excited to be here, man. Last week was a ton of fun too. So yeah, I saw you. I saw. I saw the tweet you put out about not being able to gamble in California on the online. Yep. So I had to put all. I had to put all my bets in on uh, Friday before I left. And, uh, you know, sometimes like sometimes good betting early, sometimes it's not good. So you make a bet like I played the Rams minus three and then Stafford doesn't play. Right. It's just uh, I'm going to abstain from the football talk. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys continue (laughs) to uh, take years off the back end of my life. Uh, Disgusting second half performance. Uh, 28-14 just. Gave up the cheek, 17 straight to Aaron Rodgers. He has a hex on us. Yes, he's he got does. seven and two. He just finds a way to defeat the Dallas Cowboys. Doesn't matter who was on his team. That man had me and you playing receiver today and still found a way to put up 31 on the top five defense. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty it's, it's, But I mean, they were at home too. So, I do. Uh, they had seven string receivers. They lost five in a row. Didn't matter where they played. It's just, it's a hex, bro. Dude yeah, looked like no, he was about to do like looked like he was about to be ready to become Joe Rogan's uh, co-host, man. And then pulls that performance out of the hat. It's just oh, it's, I don't really get me started. I'll ramble. He's the Hall of Famer, man. Twenty minutes on the Cowboys. Anyway, before we get started on this basketball team, man, anything you noticed from a from a gambling standpoint, plays, wagers, uh, trends this past week? Yeah, so we got some interesting trends. So last week I was talking about how overs were hitting 56%. We have flipped now 49% of games going over, 51% going under. So remember we talked last week about the books adjusting. Right. We have now adjusted, almost over-adjusted. Um, so that's something to keep keep an eye on. Also, home underdogs, 43-29-1 this year. That's 59.7% covering the spread. What? So, yeah, home underdogs covering fifty nine point seven percent of games. Is that something that will um, the books will adjust to, or is that something that's going to stay? You think? Well, the thing is, is uh, you know, 
books love underdogs because majority of betters and especially like casual betters, they always bet favorites in their parlays, right? Like they lay, they lay heavy favorites. Right. So the books always want underdogs to win. The fact that 59.7% are covering, that means the books are making a killing because most, most betters don't bet underdogs. So it will adjust somewhat. Um, You know, usually early on in the season, that's when like favorites cover like, heavily and then as it gets towards the end of the year it starts to even out we're seeing the total opposite this year though a lot of underdogs are covering i think you're seeing that with teams like utah obviously who are uh you know they're 10 and 4 against the spread you're seeing teams like the blazers who are 11 and 2 against the spread and i mean they've been underdogs in damn near every game they've played right those will start to adjust where you know the blazers are a good team so we'll start and we're going to talk about them i know in a couple minutes but you know, the Blazers will start to adjust to being a favorite. So that, that number will balance out. Right. But some interesting stuff going on in, in NBA this year. NBA is a difficult sport to bet. I will not lie to anybody. <laughs> um, and a lot of it has to do with, like, the fact that, you know, they rule players out 15 minutes before, too. That's crazy. I know I know that has to drive betters crazy. Yeah, it's insane, dude. Like, yeah. I, I played the Bucks minus one and a half first quarter against o- Oklahoma City Thunder, knowing Drew Holiday wasn't going to play. I knew he wasn't going to play. And then, like, two hours before tip-off, they rule out Giannis. <laughs> and he's like, all right, dude. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I know Adam Silver possibly mentioned something about becoming NBA becoming more gambling-friendly. Is that something with the injury reports that they will uh, possibly – start to adjust the time frame. I know the NFL is like, it's like every week, it's doubtful, questionable, probable game time. Yeah. So like, you know about that stuff, like at least a couple of days in advance. So you <clears> think <throat> that's where the NBA should train? It's tough with the NBA because it's not weekly. Like you could play it back to back and they could just be a tough decision on whether a player is going to play or not. But do you think yep. they'll become more cognizant of that as they become more gambling friendly, like Adam Silver wants to be? Yeah, I would think so. And, and, to your point, like I was going to say, it's a little, it's a lot different than the NFL because NFL you have like throughout the week, especially if guys are like listed on the injury report, right. the list, in, list is questionable and they don't practice chances of them, not chances of them playing are very rare. Right. In the NBA, they don't really practice. They just do shoot arounds. And even if a guy's injured, he still participates in a shoot around yeah, right. like 89% of the time. So it's like, it's just very vague information. And you have like teams like the bucks, for example, like they don't give out a ton of information on their injured players. Like even with Brooke <laughs> Lopez last year, like they just kept saying like, you know, time. They kept giving like narrow timetables. Well, we're gonna reevaluate him in December, and the guy doesn't come back till March. Right, right, so, right. I saw that. So some teams, it's they're and the Spurs are another team. They're another example of it too. Like they're very mum on on their players. So I don't know. The NBA's got to figure something out. The Clippers are doing it. Clippers doing it with Kawhi right now. Yep, that's it's another. Like- they announced like it's day to day, but they tell you like, well, he's not going to play tomorrow. You know what I mean? But it's like we're taking a day to day. It's crazy. He did some five on five work a couple of days ago, so I think it's trending in the right way. But as you mentioned before, we are going to uh, get right into these Portland Trailblazers, one of the surprise teams of the season, um, sitting at nine and four in uh, number, the number one seed in the West, technically at this point. Um, yeah. Weird. Only 11th in net rating, but uh, I got to ask you, man. I, I was impressed. I watched her entire game against the Pelicans, who I think are, are a pretty good team. Um, 
only seven and six, but sit at seventh in net rating right now. The Pelicans are when they're up there, they're a dominant team uh, or a very good team essentially. So that was a very impressive win without Damian Lillard. Um, Just for me, I'll let you chime in um, after. I just want to give you the spiel. I think it happened maybe six years too late, but deciding to finally get hitting a bunch of wings on the team to make them a more versatile, you know, basketball team. Um, Chauncey has them absolutely defending. That's the most impressive part to me. Chauncey has them six in defensive rating. It's where they play the most zone basketball in the NBA. Yep. Um, I think they, they completely broke the Pelicans offense with that zone in the third quarter. It's very active. They got a lot of long ranging wings, uh, really athletic. Um, yeah. You think I'm not going to say number one C. I think maybe that's a bit much. Do you think that top four area is sustainable for them? Um, I mean, the data says it is. What What does it go, tell us what the data say? Go, go well, I mean, that. they're six in net rating or seventh. I'm sorry. You you said they're, you got them what? Tenth? Eleventh in net rating as of right now. I'm looking at it right I now. Them, I have them. Plus 3.4, which would put them seventh, right behind Pelicans. Okay, I'm right here on the NBA.com website. Did they play today? Uh, They – did they? I don't think they did. Let me see. Nine and four. Yeah, net rating here, I got them at – So I have them um, – I got a 1.9 1. 1. 1. net rating at 11th, according to the NBA website. Interesting. Because this data is pulled from stats.nba.com. Um, but I, I, I do think it's sustainable, even if they're 11th. I mean, that tells you they're right around the middle of the pack in the, in the NBA, right? And they've been playing a majority of their games without Damian Lillard. He's only played eight games this season. Um, the crazy thing about Dame is, like, we saw last year, you know, he really struggled. And obviously, he was hurt when he did play. But right now, he's uh, 95th percentile in EPM, which is um, estimated uh, plus minus. And that's like one of the most important stats I go by, and that would put him at uh for the that that puts him at like right around twelfth in the league, which is mm. pretty astounding. And I mean, we're talking about guys he's up there with, you know, Curry's number one in EPM, right? Doncic, Durant, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, um, Brooke Lopez is like an anomaly because he's just so good defensively right yeah, now. Defensively, he's crazy right now, yeah. SGA's up there, John Morant, Fred Van Fleet. And then, uh, I mean, that's the kind of guys we're talking about with Dame. And obviously, we know Dame's deficiencies on the defensive end. So, really, this is all on the offensive end, right? And they're hiding him on offense more this year. Yeah, I think I think that's where, you know, I think people have been asking for you. You can't, like, the whole knock, you can't play him and CJ together. Yeah. Just d- defensively. But I think a bunch of, you know, Jeremy Grant's been phenomenal. Yep. Uh, with that team, I think they hit a home run with the with the Shaden Sharp pick. Yep, got that out of the park. Getting good minutes out of out of Justice Winslow. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Like out the blue. Um, now Sear Little, now Sears Little's taking a big step in his development, and I think you know they caught a lot of flack for you know non basketball stuff, but Chauncey's been doing an excellent job with that team. Yep. I think the biggest thing. Um, Playing zone that much, maybe recognizing what your team can and can't do. I think that's the biggest thing for a coach just to adjust to the talent that's available to him. And I think Chauncey's knocked that, you know, completely out the park. So um as a Dame fan, I'm very happy to see it. I would want to see if it's sustainable. I just I I think 
it's a mix of they've been very good, and there are a couple teams that we expected to be better in the NBA um, in the in the NBA this far that haven't that haven't been. Yeah, um, so you're sitting there just looking at the West in general. Uh, you didn't know that Kawhi was going to hit a snag, so the Clippers are barely above 500. Golden State five and eight, Minnesota six and eight. Just you know, a couple teams that we thought would be better that are just not, and I think the. Portland's come out the gate, you know, very strong, you know, them along with Utah and probably OKC are probably the biggest surprises for me in the West, you know, just being, um, you know, coming out the gate with good, good, strong wins. Um, so you think the data says it's sustainable? What does your basketball eye tell you? Data aside, do you think it's sustainable? I I do because, I mean, it's not like they are like, they have like totally inexperienced players. Like they have a lot of veterans on that team. Jeremy Grant has been to a Western Conference Finals. You know, Dame's been obviously he's been deep in the playoffs. Anthony Simons has seen it on the bench, and now he's really blossoming into. How did I forget? And how, well, I forgot Josh Hart. My fault. I just want to put Josh Hart's been incredible in that CJ trade. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to. I didn't, I didn't forget Josh Hart. Go ahead. That's another one. Like Josh Hart's a guy that has you know he has experience. So. I do think it's sustainable. I think that Chauncey Billups, you know, I, I messaged you a few weeks ago and I was like, man, Chauncey Billups for coach of the year right now. <laughs> and like his odds have already gone down. Like I got it at plus 2,800. Now it's like probably plus 1,800, plus 1,500. Because who else would be coach of the year right now if the season were to, I know it's only like 15 games, but if the season were to end right now, Chauncey Billups would probably be the front runner for coach of the year, right? I, I would say the Utah, I'll say Utah. Yeah, Utah too. Yeah, in Utah because uh, Will Hardy. I don't want to upset any Celtic fan listener. They want Will Hardy will be the front runner because they, they don't have a superstar. That's, that's and, I think, and I think that's you know I think that's a, a a big handicap there as far as like looking at it from a narrative point of view. But yeah, Hopefully, I think it's Hardy and Chauncey more sustainable Utah or Portland. Man, so I I keep watching Utah because I just come I gotta watch it so I can I gotta see if this is is legit. Yeah, I think yeah. what Utah is, it's not number one seed sustainable, but when you play a team that when you have a team that can play ten NBA players, yeah, they are deep. That are just not you know they're not liabilities on the court. Yeah, you know that's gonna win you a lot of regular season games. Yeah, no, I agree. We're gonna get into the like the Warriors struggles later. To this, they're playing too many liabilities, yeah. even with Steph playing out of his mind. So when you have a team that doesn't have liabilities. In the rotation, then you know you're gonna you're gonna be in a good position, you know, more often than not. So that's I'm coming around on Utah. It, it's unorthodox, like no star player, which is like taboo in the NBA. You know, no no name brand guy, but the way they play, man, they, they remind couple- me of, uh, kind of similar to like the Trailblazers back in the day when they had like Steve Smith and and Scotty and. Uh, Bonzi Wells and stuff like they didn't have like a like a go to guy. They just had like six guys that all average like twelve to fifteen points a game. Yeah, my, my yeah, my comp is more so. I don't think they're going to win sixty games, but those twenty fifteen Hawks. Yeah, like nobody bought it, but they won sixty games. I remember nobody bought it, but they was like, eh, they won sixty. But I'm not yeah. buying. It. Of course, the playoffs is about star star uh, superstars, so they lost in the playoffs. But that's the kind of vibes I'm, I'm getting. You know, 15 games is not a huge sample, but it's not a small one either. You know what I mean? That's they also have a lot of guys that, like, are often injured, especially Lauren Marketing. I mean, the guy has never played more than 60 games in a season. So, And he's, like, a big key to the, what they're doing right now. 
But he definitely should stay healthy. Right. We'll see what happens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, let's go back uh, out east to Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets um, dropped to four and two today without Kyrie Irving. The net rating was super high. Um, they were playing really good basketball. I just wanted your your thoughts on that team because out the blue, they uh, they went four out of six here without Kyrie uh, playing, serving his suspension. For obviously the 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 things that he's going through, like I said, I will not go into those on the pod. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Nets right now? Because it's like it's very interesting to me, like where their season's going. Well, I think that you got to put into context, like the four out of six games they've beaten. I mean, they're playing some dog shit teams, and they <laughs> lost the Lakers today. Uh, but they beat the Clippers, they beat the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks they might be one of the five worst teams in the league when all is said and done. Um, Charlotte, they're, I mean, just horrid. Uh, they beat the Wizards without Bradley Beal. So, I mean, it's not like they're they're beating, like, these great teams. They lose to Dallas, who's probably the best team they face in, in this whole um, this whole streak, this area without Kyrie. So, I'm not going to put a ton into it. Um, I, I mean, let's be real. Did we thought... Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie was supposed to be a top four team, right? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm disappointed because they were my preseason pick to get to the finals, and I'm already off it after the one week of basketball. I was like, this was a complete mistake. So, yeah, <laughs> I definitely drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, it it. I just don't think that I just don't think they're a good team. You know what I mean? I it sucks to say like they got Kevin Durant, who's obviously one of the best players in the world, and that's about it. And outside of that, I don't think this team is – they're not really good at anything. They they still can't rebound for shit. They have uh, the worst – they have the worst front line in basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they have got, the worst front line in basketball. Anthony Davis, I mean, he just had his way tonight. You yeah, know, I saw that. They can't guard bigs at all. So they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, that's a problem in the in the conference with uh, Giannis and Joel Embiid. <laughs> and the Cavs with the Twin Towers. That's a – like a legitimately huge issue. Um, yeah. Do you try to move Kyrie for bigs? I know I know Ben Simmons doesn't have much value. I don't think Kyrie has much value, unfortunately. The other stuff, you think? Yeah, I mean. Because Kyrie's done, like, things, but he always finishes, you know, 25 points per game, and he flirts to 50, 40, 90 every year. I yep. mean, you know oh, what I mean? He has a hell of a player, yeah. without a doubt. I just – I don't know if a team would – trade the Nets anything of value other than like to get off some bad contracts and would yeah. really want to do that I don't know like we already had the KD controversy over the summer right like right. You, if you what if they move Kyrie for like they can't really get anything they get like a first rounder and like a bad contract or something you know let's just say let's I'm just I'm just gonna throw this hypothetically out there because it's easy to swap contracts Russell Westbrook for Kyrie, and then the Lakers throwing a pick. You know, that doesn't make the Nets better, right? 
Would you say it? No, they don't. They got to adjust the front line before anything else. Yeah, so I I just don't see any realistic possibility for them to trade. I don't think Kyrie has a ton of value around the league right now, unfortunately. Basketball wise, he does. It's all that other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not, I don't have an opinion on it. So no one come bash me and (laughs) like, I'm just saying, like, you know, the league has already basically said it that he doesn't have value. They said it in the summer. Right. Moving on to the Nets opponent tonight, Lakers uh, probably played their best top-to-bottom game of the season, beat the Nets 116-103 AD. Flashback game tonight, I believe 30-38-19. Yep. Dominant taking advantage of a very, 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 very thin front line. Lonnie Walker uh, was really good. Uh, a win like this, or 37-18 for AD, excuse me. Um this win inspired Lakers move to three and ten on the season. Uh, one game out of the basement in the West, three games out of play in, and it uh, sparked the debate over the direction of the Lakers season. I got to ask you, as a non-biased, no dog in the fight, Milwaukee Bucks fan who uh, probably feels the Milwaukee Bucks would kill the Lakers in the series if they traded or not. Um, do you trade your twenty-seven and twenty-nine picks? Or with the hope of intending this year, or do you stamp as the organization, punt this year, and uh, try something in the offseason with your cap room and the ability to move more picks? I think not having your pick this year, Whew. that hurts because if you just <laughs> this year, it's like you did it for nothing, you know? So, I mean, as a front office, well, I mean, I don't know what the the Lakers front. I mean, that's the worst front office in basketball. So yeah, don't even what? try. Don't even try to say what they think. Don't even try to. Decide what I, I mean, from my opinion. perspective, like if I don't have my draft pick, I'm gonna do everything I can to win as many games as possible this year. You know, and that's just that's just me, because it doesn't benefit me at all to tank this year. What does it do? I I give the Pelicans and Victor Wembanyama probably. <laughs> Dude, no way. So per, I would try to to salvage the situation. I mean, AD is already proven this year that when he's healthy and he's right, he could be a top ten player in the in the league. So if you can kind of tinker the roster a little bit to get guys that actually fit the playing styles of AD and LeBron, I think that could be different. Now we we also have to consider this injury for LeBron. How serious is it? That's a very good point. Yeah. Because if it is a serious injury, then, I mean, no matter what you do, you have a $40 million player not playing. Like, that's a huge loss. Yeah, so here, here's where I am with that. Um, so it's a swap. They don't lose, but you still have a first round. But your, your, pick, your pick will end up wherever the Pelicans are picking, given if they finish ahead of you, which I, I think they will this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's this is very unpopular because it's LeBron and AD. If there is not a trade out there that believe that can take you from beyond playing team, that means from where they are now all the way up to – it's early, but you're still, you know, five, six games out all the way up to at least sixth where you avoid the play-in. If right. there's a trade out there you feel does that, maybe. But I am not trading two unprotected first – which is the price – that the other teams were asking is Westbrook and two unprotected first round picks. 
in 27 and 29, years where LeBron James will not be on the roster. Right. They want unprotected 27 and 29 picks for and taking on Russell Westbrook for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald or the Gordon Hayward and, and Terry Rozier. I would not trade for Gordon Hayward just because that guy cannot stay healthy. That's fine. So, because this is how, this is how the Nets gave the Celtics the Tatum and Brown pairing. Yeah. They made trades like, does this make us a contender? They took the gamble. It didn't. The bottom fell out, right? Yeah. Guys got old and were off the team. And you sucked and did not have your pick to be rewarded, to be quote unquote rewarded with your bad season. Yeah. So that is in the back of my mind. So, what – I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. Like, what does a trade look like for Anthony Davis and who can actually <laughs> – But the thing is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to – you know, that is a can that won't happen probably until the offseason. I don't think they would trade Anthony Davis in season. It'll be offseason when they reassess. It's like, hey, uh, we're blow, we're rebuilding from this thing up. You know, just that in the offseason. Uh, if, if they do do that. I do not believe Anthony Davis is staying on this team. Yeah, when LeBron leaves, like that's in my head. He sees what the what the front office is. Uh, he'll be at the back end of his prime when LeBron is is probably gone. I don't think he wants to spend that with a cheap and front office with no direction whatsoever. To me, he's always yeah. he always ended up winning to play in Chicago, his hometown too. So I think that's where his next stop will be when this whole Laker uh, era is over. So I don't think I'm not even entertaining the trade AD until the offseason, in my opinion. But that was my that's my thought train of thought for the 27 and 29 pick. If there's a trade that you think gonna take you from 14th place all the way up to the fifth or sixth best team in the conference, maybe. Right. But does Miles Turner and Buddy Hield put the Lakers above how many teams in the West to you? Probably not. Let's say, how, how many do you? Because in your opinion, like, uh, does that put them above? Well, not above Dallas, not above Phoenix, maybe above Utah, um, not above the Pelicans, maybe above Portland, depending on if they regress a little bit, not above Memphis, not above Denver. That's what I'm seeing. I'm saying, see, I'm getting that. That's where it becomes like, so I get what you're saying. So oh, you, you make a great point. So it's like, yeah, they need LeBron. You got to maximize the window, and that's that. Regardless of the cost, you got to give them a shot. I, I I get that 100%. But I'm saying you can't kill people first thinking that, hmm, I don't know. Because you know LeBron, five years as a Laker, played over 60 games once. Dude, it sucks. He's getting hurt. He's like, he's he's definitely seen him slow down, and it, it Father time is undefeated, man. It's one thing we know for a fact, right? I think, like, I think if you're the Lakers and you're, let's say by game 20, Jason, they have five wins. Like, you, have to, you have to seriously consider blowing this thing up because you can't lose all these games and, and not have a pick this year. Like, you're literally just wasting out. You're literally, like you said, you're just punting the season, basically. How many seasons have they punted since Genie Bus took over? A lot. Uh, every year except two. Yeah, a lot of years. They won a championship in the bubble. Uh, 
I'd give them a, but the next year, LeBron and AD got ravaged by injury, so they were playing really well until those two went down and yeah. they lost in the first round. So the 20 and 21, you know, I give them a pass up every other year outside of that. My thing is, this thing's worse because the other years, you either had a pick to look forward to or young talent you were developing. Yeah. So it wasn't a complete waste. This is where, this is like a one of the low points in recent memory. There's no young player you're super invested in. Like Austin Reeves is a nice player, but he's no like you don't see him as a cornerstone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no pick to look forward to. It's like, well, at least we'll be in the, you know, a sore Thompson, Wendyana, Scoot Henderson conversation. Like you know what I mean? Like we'll be rewarded for this nonsense we're going through. No, you won't. No, uh, I will say the Lakers have done a good job. You know, finding some gems, undrafted free agents. Uh. You know, they've, they've drafted good late-round guys. And, you know, the college basketball is getting better and better every single year. So there's, like, a lot deeper draft pools. So, I mean, maybe they could hit something, but that's a that's a huge if. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just, it's a lot of uncertainty. So I'm interested to see what uh, Jeannie and Rob cook up in their band of, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, what they're probably going to do is they're – they're probably gonna trade those picks and Russell Westbrook, and you guys are gonna get like, I don't even know. Just so, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they get that Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. I think it'll be the Indiana trade because AD really doesn't want to play power forward. Yeah, he does not like playing power. And actually, or, Miles, or doesn't want to play center. I doesn't want to play center. Wants to play power forward. I'm sorry. And and Miles Turner's he's a good player. Uh, Buddy Heald he has his de- deficiencies on defense, so he doesn't really help the Lakers there. But at least he gives them a legit three-point shooter and that's something that they sorely lack you know what i mean that they need shooters desperately yeah so here's the lakers um they got the pistons they got five days off they got the pistons friday i suspect lebron will be back after that spurs who were surprisingly tough this year at phoenix spurs again well they got spurs three times next week Three times in a week. So I got Spurs on the 20th, Suns on the 22nd, Spurs on the 25th, Spurs on the 26th, Pacers, and Trailblazers to finish the month. So if they go, let's say they win four of those games, because they can easily go two and one against the Spurs. The Spurs are kind of leveling out. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I agree. I saw, I, I, yeah, I saw that. So if they go two and one against the Spurs, they should beat the Pistons. The Pistons suck. They might be the worst team in the league. So that's they, that should be three wins there. If they can't win three of the three games in this span, like you gotta blow this whole thing up. Yeah, this December gets a little tough. Uh Bucks, Cavs, Raptors, Sixers, Celtics, Nuggets, Suns, Kings, Mavs, Heat, Hawks. Uh December is <laughs> December gets rough. That's a tough month. <laughs> but if you so in these next five games, if they go four and one, that puts them at seven and what eleven? Seven and eleven, yeah. And they'd only be how many games out of out of a plane? Seven and eleven. That'll put you potentially put them like right back. So right now, tenth place is one game under. It's probably just a, still a few games back. Yeah, that's. They got to go on like a eight game they, win streak. Yeah. I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck to the Lakers. I don't All know right. what they're going to do, man. 
Moving on to another team. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at this one. Um, we were going to talk about how incredible Steph is playing. But, um, yeah, the Warriors, huh. Not Man, good. Not good. So they have the 27th ranked defense in basketball, 0-7 on the road. And Steph Curry is playing incredible, and they still find themselves sitting at five and eight, two games ahead of the Lakers <laughs> at yeah. the bottom of the conference. Um, Warriors fans are really irate. They want those kids traded. Um, but they, I was told all last year that, you know, the developing players and winning at the same time was going to work. You mentioned this last week about the non-basketball stuff. I think that was the nail on the head. Guys want to get paid. Guys looking for extensions. It's just a terrible mix. Yep. On top of that, you got one playable wing right now, Wiggins, because you let Porter and GP2 go. GP2 is only 6'3", but he was big and strong enough to guard wings, which gave you versatility defensively. So the, the kids haven't developed as you expected them to. And you got the a number one pick, a number seven pick, and a number 14 pick who are extension eligible starting next year. So, um, yeah. Do you make a trade if you're the Warriors? I think you have to. Um, you know, you owe it to Steph Curry, you know, for everything he's done for that franchise. And at this point, I mean, he might be having one of his best seasons of all time. And they can't even get over 500 because they have no depth, right? That starting five is is doing their job and then – when the others come in, it's just not working. I I thought that there was serious. I thought they were really going to trade Jordan Poole in the summer before the draft. I thought it made sense because guys, a career year, sell high, yeah, sell sell high. I thought for sure they were going to do it, and they they stood pat. Talking to people who, you know, talk to people who work for the Warriors, the front office is really invested in the kids they draft. Like they have this thing where we don't want you guys to think that this is just we're a we're Steph a product of Steph Curry. Like they want to prove that they are. Oh, I get that, but this is the same kind of shit that ruined the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're 100 percent correct. I'm just saying, but that is literally what the what's going on here. So, man, um. While I'm sitting here looking at the standards, I gotta ask you, in your opinion, what is wrong with the Timberwolves? Oh, the Timberwolves, I mean <laughs> man, Cat cannot play four. Like we talk about A D not wanting to play five. Like Cat can't play four. He can't guard he can't guard anybody on the wing. He's getting destroyed. And then on offense, their offense is just so like cluttered and it's just it's so not 2022. You know what I mean? You got a guy like Anthony Edwards and he's basically becoming a, he has to become a jump shooter at this point because he's got two bigs clogging up the paint. I just, I think that they overreacted in, and going in and getting Gobert. Gobert is great defensively, right? But we all know his deficiencies on offense and they didn't need a big guy. Like, I don't understand why they went and did that. They could have, Gone out and got more depth. Well, the cat does not like playing center offensively. 
that's the that's the number one thing. I'm saying that's the that 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 was to appease him more than anybody else. But the thing for me, you got Anthony Edwards who's openly complaining. He's like, you got two max players at the five and the four, and you got your young player on his rookie contract saying, I like when we play small. I think that is a legitimate issue. Um they are either gonna have to ride this out or they're gonna have to trade cat. Because you got the guys, Rudy's on his damn near super max because he got that defensive player of the year max. Yeah, he's on the max, and then Edwards is going to demand the max in a couple of years. So that that point you have to decide: is this something that can work? To be fair, it's very very early into it, but the early returns are it's a hundred percent. I don't know if Cat is Cat going to become more mobile and suddenly be able to guard guys in space and chase shooters around screens and switch out. You know what I mean? Because him yeah. him playing at the four makes you so much less switchable. Will Daniel Russell be good again? That's yeah. another question. He's yeah, not he's, having a good year. He's been, he's been terrible this year. Yeah, he's been atrocious. Yeah, it's just to speak to how bad their uh, defense is, Rudy has been a walking top five defense his entire prime. You know, once he started getting good run, the Minnesota Timberwolves right now defensive rating sit at 19th. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how? <laughs> And Rudy's been a walking top eight defense, top five defense his whole career. And that was with Utah with a bunch of a gang of bad defenders. Yeah. Negative 5.3 net rating, 26 in the league. Yeah, it's like that's so they're they're tracking as a lotto team. Yeah. Just like I, that was one of the teams I had penciled in for you know uh that that potential for a Phoenix Memphis type leap. Yeah. After last year, but it hasn't it hasn't materialized. And again, super early fifteen game sample. I think around you know mid December, Christmas time. After Christmas time, you'll I think you'll see teams start to show who they really are. This is still early in the fill out period. They also have no depth, dude. Yeah, that's like, the, the Rudy trade, the Vanderbilt, and the, they missed those guys. Yeah, their depth is like, I mean, you're relying on. I mean, Nas Reed is good. I like Nas Reed, but it's like. Three of your best players in your rotation are all play the same position. You know what I mean? Like that's that's tough. And then as far as wings go, I mean, they really don't have any outside of McDaniels and um and Edwards. You you're going uh Prince, <laughs> you know that touring Prince. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been good in a long time. And then you got Austin Rivers. I mean, Jalen Noel's he's a nice player, but he's he's undersized. Um, I actually know his agent, by the way. Nice. Look at you name dropping. Yeah. Can't give out names though. <laughs> nah, he's a Jalen Noel. He's a, he's a good player, dude. And, but he's undersized and he's really only offensively. I mean, minus 2.3 EPM. That's like, that puts him in the 36th percentile in the league. Not good. Yeah. Not so, yeah. The 18th in offense, 19th in defense. I probably, Expectations to actual output, probably the most disappointing team in the league next to the Warriors. Yeah, I was gonna say, the they, but uh, Warriors are obviously, I thought they were a contender. Clippers, Kawhi's out, so they're the same as last year 500 teams, 30 with playing without Kawhi. That's just kind of who they are. Um, I feel like the Clippers, I feel like they were like kind of good last year, even without Kawhi. Yeah, they're tracking as a play 500 playing team. That's what I said, they're 
They were playing team last year. <laughs> I feel like they're worse though. Well, no, they they start off real slow. They've won a lot of games. Like Paul George got really aggressive, and he got one of the scoring spree. They won like four or five or something like that. So playing five hundred now. Yeah, no, but they started. They did start off real slow. To your to your point, they start off very slow. That was nasty. Yeah. Um. Philly. Well, Harden's out, so you know that that changes things. I think though, when Harden gets back. I think they still got to get Maxi more usage. Yeah, I also think they they have a serious problem with those two on the floor defensively. That like, is also fair. Yeah, that's talking also one of the worst defensive backcourts in the NBA, and like we saw them kind of get exposed in in the beginning of the season, especially against teams like Toronto. Yeah, and like and, and I and I think you know schematically they're they're okay. They're they're still they're a top five defense. I'm looking at it right now. You know, some of that is hard has been out lately. So I'm probably I'm sure it's taking a jump. Yep. So uh we'll see what happens when he gets back, but they are a, a top five defense right now. So Yeah, no, that's it all they were like twenty six in the league when Harden was in there and they've gone up because they have to play Matisse Steibel now, who's like a, a great defensive player, but the guy can't fucking score to save his life. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you gave that information. Now I can use it for more hard and slender uh on the timeline. <laughs> you know, I never miss a chance to, you know. <laughs> Throw a little jab. Dude, um, I, I don't I don't know how anyone could watch that guy play and be like, oh my god, I love watching James Harden play basketball. You would be shocked. You would be shocked. Um hate to do it, but got to. Um I've been avoiding it because they are the doo-doo green, but the Boston Celtics uh I finally got a chance to get around and get in some of their games. Um I know you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I just Tatum's made another leap that I didn't think he had in him. Yeah. And even doing this without Rob Williams, it's hard for me to see them losing four times. I know Giannis will be the best player on the floor in that series. He was last year. They just got overwhelmed with that. The the, the other other parts of the roster without Middleton. Um, it's hard for me to see anybody beating that team four times out of seven. They're just that they got the best wing tandem in basketball. Um, they got Brogdon for a you know pack of biscuits. Yeah, he's been <laughs> uh, probably the best guard off the bench, if not the best in the NBA. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Then they're going to add Rob Williams to this. Yeah, would have been even scary. If the Gallinari didn't tear his ACL, this team would be absolutely scary. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, when we did our first power ratings, you know, I, I saw the Celtics at the top because I did believe that they were still the best team and the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. And I still feel that way. And, you know, I love Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And honestly, like the Celtics, in my opinion, they're like, uh, you know, they're an analytical darling too. Like they were last year. So a guy like me, like, you know, I love the, I love the Celtics. Like everything they do, they do well. Last year, their biggest issue was that they couldn't – they just turned the ball over way too much, right? Yeah, that was that's what – that cost them the finals. Yep, and now they gave a guy like Brogdon, who is, a, you know, much better ball handler and distributor than a guy like Derek White or Marcus Smart. And it takes pressure off of Jason Tatum to where they can like actually run plays for him and he doesn't always have to have the ball in his hands. So I think it just changes the whole dynamic of, of what they do. And – this team, as long as they're healthy, and if Robert Williams comes back healthy, 
Because Brogdon, as we know, he he's never played a full season. He always gets hurt. He'll get hurt at some point. And if they can sustain the the production to supplement when he when they do get guys out, I mean, this is best team in the East, in my opinion. Like their second best player is averaging twenty five and seven and three and playing yeah. all and playing all NBA defense. Yep, like you. <laughs> He's all NBA defender too. And then Tatum's at 32, 7, and 4 on 50, 39, 87 splits. I thought the Emay thing, remember when the Nets were like rumored to hire Emay and then they like asked the Celtics players about it and they were like, well, I thought he was just going to be suspended for a year. Right. I thought that could have like shattered that, that organization, like that team, like, you know, something outside of the basketball court that like distraction, but they actually got better from that moment. Yeah, it's, they love IMA for the record. They, yeah. I'm still like, I didn't know that about him. I still love him. Like they're very consistent in that. Um, but yeah, so I know you're a Milwaukee guy. I, I think it's clearly they're the two best teams. I don't think Cleveland's quite ready yet for for that type of showdown. Um, ever since we gave Cleveland all that praise, do they lose like four out of five games? I know, I know. We praised them last week, and then they <laughs> and they fell off. It was four in a row. Um, Shout out Garland, 51 tonight, man. Crazy 10 threes, crazy game. Way to break out the slump. Um, the Bucks have to do blank to close the gap on Boston, in your opinion, if if there is a gap to you. Well, I mean, the only hope Milwaukee really has, because I mean they don't have it, they don't have any assets to like go out and get anybody. I do love how Javon Carter's playing. I do think that that's a huge addition, like that they were missing last year. Because Wesley Matthews is he's washed. Like he's just <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but obviously getting Middleton back will benefit them. But I mean Giannis just has to be fucking Superman, dude. Sorry, excuse my language. He has to my be man, Superman. Hope for the kids, baby. Remember that. He has to be <laughs> Superman. That's their only chance of of winning another title. Like this, I don't this roster is just it's not gonna get better. Because they don't have much assets, right? And they don't have any cap room. I don't expect Brooke Lopez to continue this monster uh, defensive performance that he's put on early in this season. I mean, we're talking, like, historically good. I don't expect it to be, last that long. Uh, so I think the the only hope for the Bucks to beat Boston is for Giannis just to go ham. Hey. He hit that switch against the Suns when they were down 2-0. Yep. You know, and he, he can do it. He's proven he could do it. If he had a little bit of help last year, they'd probably beat the Celtics. Yeah, let's just right now looking at everything in totality, um, we're at like the 16% marker of the season. You know, not quite 25, you know, 16, 20% marker of the season. I think it's pretty clear um, as of right now that it's Boston and Milwaukee. But I will um, say Milwaukee has had a very easy schedule. And they play yeah, I just think, in my opinion, I think those are the two best teams. The Suns are, are still, net rating-wise, probably the, the most dominant team. But I just – I don't know if I buy that in the playoffs. I think I don't I don't think they strike the same fear in teams that uh, Milwaukee and, and Boston do. But So I think those two are the two best teams. Like, I, like right now, if the playoffs started, I wouldn't pick. I'd probably go in Denver right now. Huh? The, the crazy thing about the Suns, too, is like they lose Cameron Johnson probably for the year now. And he was actually really good. 
Like if you yeah. look at the data, like he was phenomenal. Like Trust me, he's on my fantasy basketball team. I was like, I got a sleeper. I hit on a sleeper, and then I got the injury. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It, he, <laughs> like there, that's the reason why they were like, we don't need Jay Crowder. You know what I mean? Because he took this step, he took a massive leap, and now it's like he's done for the year. Yeah, that step sucks. Um, How do they fill yeah. that production? Yeah, uh, I I saw that there was a conversation, and Jay Crowder was like, "No, I'm not interested. Like that bridge is burned, so they're gonna have to move him. I think they gotta hit that button now. They gotta get what they can from him just to get a playable rotation guy. You know what I mean? Yep. They can't just sit there with that empty spot. They gotta fill it with something if, if he doesn't want to play. Yeah, Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, straight up. <laughs> Bucks have any picks? Uh, they got picks, but not for a couple of years. Yeah, you might have to throw. Yeah, that's right. You you don't Drew Drew Holiday trade. Um, yeah, you gotta. They gotta find a way to get another one more win. Crowd would be perfect in in Milwaukee. Honestly, that's uh, that's actually I would probably look into that hundred percent. I don't know if things will about another contender like that, but you know that's definitely something that will fit. Good and eye. it's like uh, it's also addition by subtraction. You know, losing Grayson Allen is definitely a addition. <laughs> Yeah, he you like great. You don't like Grayson? Floor, huh? Yeah, played off the floor in that Boston series. Yeah, it was just too much athleticism. It's just I remember that 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 was a part that overwhelmed. Like regardless of scheme, and you know, tactically what the coaches were doing, it didn't matter. They were just so they athletically overwhelmed. It didn't matter. Huh? Every play they were attacking him that he was out. There. <laughs> every single play they would get a uh, switch on the Tatum. Tatum would just like easily just drop a bucket on him it's just like oh my god get this guy out of here please but, i mean they had no one else to play who they're gonna play you know what i mean like was, everybody was hurt yeah that's it playoffs is about health more than anything else are you healthy yep um make sure you follow my guy jordan rules tsp on twitter um what's the ig i see you dropping uh gems there too so what's the ig as well Taproom Sports Podcast. Taproom Sports Podcast on IG. Make sure you tap in. Again, Jordan has been excellent. Definitely going to do this again uh, at some point during the season. Going to definitely lock in with my boy, uh, Jordan. Once again, thank you so much, man. You were legit these three episodes, man. Real talk. I appreciate you. We go way back. You stepped in seamlessly, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, man. It was fun. For sure. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace.